Hello and welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast. Today we are going to have a little chat with our friend Leo, who is all the way from Japan. And we're going to talk about a little bit about what the football's like over in Japan, as well as the presence of Brighton and the Premier League. So let's dive straight in. So Leo, thank you very much uh, for giving up some of your time to be with, with us today. How are you, my friend? Yeah, um, I'm melting, but yeah, I'm very excited to speak to you. Very good. Uh, what's uh, what's the temperature like over there? What's the humidity like? Um, it should be about maybe 30 degrees Celsius at the moment. Humidity, maybe 70%. It's, yeah, pretty awful. I bet. We also welcome Curtis back to the show. Curtis, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Yeah, I'm happy to do this today. Good to good to speak to new people and to see your lovely face, Thomas. Of course, it is always lovely to see my face and it is always lovely to chat to Brighton fans living around the world. Um, so, Leo, we always like to start these little chats off um, by asking uh, the same three questions. Um, it just helps build that wider picture of yourself as a Brighton fan. Um, so the first one I'm going to ask you, mate, I'm going to throw you away is what was the first game you saw Brighton play, be it in person or on the TV? Uh, what was the first game you remember seeing? So the first ever game I've watched was actually in the MX Stadium. Um, it was against Atletico Madrid, a pre-season game. 3-2 um, to Atletico, if I remember correctly. And yeah, that kind of got me stuck into the team. Very nice and a really good first game as well. Good stuff, good stuff. Over to you, Kurt. Curtis, you're muted. Oh, there we go. I said, just bear with me one second. Okay, so, uh, Leo, who is your favourite player, past or present, would you say? Um, it's a, quite a difficult question. Um, I really do like Mopé, his attitude and how he plays. And of course, Mitoma, as he's Japanese, haven't seen him playing for Brighton for long. Um, I pretty much like all the players, so it's kind of difficult to choose one. That's a great answer, Leah. That's an excellent yeah, answer. Yeah, I think, yeah, Mope is my favourite. Some good choices. And we'll, we'll be speaking about Neil Mope a little bit later as well as, of course, about Matoma. And um, the final question we always like to ask uh, fans, Leo, is about their favourite Brighton shirt. Now, um, I don't know if you uh, have been on the Twitter sphere uh, recently, but the new home shirt was released and uh, a lot of fans weren't very happy. So this seems a bit of a topical question. Um, what is your favourite Brighton shirt? Yeah, um, I haven't actually been watching Brighton for so long, so I haven't got a big choice but I really did like last year's Awakened definitely and this one I've got right now this one I really liked with the pinstripes beautiful choice yeah I love the collar on that especially what yeah I mean I've, I've made it very clear that the one that you're wearing Leo is probably one of my favorite I do like a pinstripe as you can see behind me uh, so some fine choices there Leo some very fine choices um so, Leah, let's uh, let's dive in. Let's find it out a little bit more about yourself. Um, so, you say that your first game was at the Amex, watching Brighton uh, in a preseason game. How did uh, going to that game come about? How, did you just sort of like were you visiting the city and you thought, you know what, I might go and catch a bit of football? 
Um, so yeah, how did that happen? So um, I have a friend who lives in Brighton. Um, so he got me tickets and took me to the game. Um, yeah, so I think it's the actually the first ever um, Premier League team game I've ever seen. So yeah, um, I haven't got roots. I haven't got family in Brighton, but none of my family are really football fans. So that kind of caused me to just get really stuck into the team. And ever since, I've been watching it. It's essentially how that started for me, really. My family were never huge football fans, really. And my brother started supporting Reading FC. And um, I was just like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. And I once watched a, it was Brighton versus Nottingham Forest. And I absolutely just fell in love with, with the team uh, from there. So that's, yeah, that's how it started for me. It's funny, isn't it? We've got such varying uh, experiences. Mine was very much uh, my granddad, my dad were like, you're coming to the football with us. <laughs> and I was like, okay, as a child of nine years old. Uh, and I sat at the with Dean. Uh, our previous stadium and froze in, in I think it was December or January I can never remember which it was I think it was December I think it was Boxing Day and I froze um, because that was what I did as a nine-year-old um, so there you go uh, thanks for that Leo so you went to that first game your friends dragged you along um, so to take come out of that game and think you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to support that team um, so when you went back to Japan, um, you know, is there much of a Premier League following in Japan? Um, I know that there's obviously the J League, and I, I believe that baseball is quite a um, a big sport in Japan as well. Um, so where does sort of like watching soccer or football, where does that fit into sort of like Japanese sporting culture? So, yeah, baseball is a really big sport, but um, co-hosting the World Cup 2002, I think. That kind of completely blew up um, the football world in Japan. And uh, there's lots of kind of streaming services right now battling who can get the Premier League um, rights. So Premier League is actually quite big. Um, it's probably most watched amongst Spain, apart from J-League. So I think having Minamino as well. So... Yeah, football's now, I think, the biggest kind of sport culture in Japan now. So, yeah, like every other kid seems to be watching some team, whether it's in Japan or overseas. And would you say uh, there is a uh, more of a, how do I put it? Is there a, a Brighton following in, in Japan that you've seen, sort of a, a larger following? So Brighton... Um, until last season, they don't really have such a big following in Japan. Um, really, there's not much news or anything about the team, so it's kind of difficult to learn about the team. Um, of course, having Mitoma here now has kind of blew it up. But yeah, until last season, it was just me and a few friends. We kind of found the occasional odd Brighton support in Japan on Twitter, but really it was just me and a few friends that kind of started the whole fan base in Japan. So, so do you believe that having a player like Matoma will generate a lot more exposure for the club, uh, especially in Japan? 
Definitely, because um, my Brighton account that I run, the it had about two hundred followers for last season, and then it just completely went from two hundred to thousand one hundred in the course of a month after Mitoma was um, announced. So it's definitely gaining lots of exposure for the club. Okay, so uh, why don't you tell our watchers what you do on your on on your page? So um, it was basically me and another friend who supports Chelsea kind of started it. Um, I started the Brighton account. He started the Chelsea account, and we basically just translate Japanese uh, Brighton information into Japanese. So there's kind of more ways for Japanese people to learn about Brighton. It was kind of sad to be just watching with me and my three mates. So <laughs> we're hoping to make some more friends. But yeah, it kind of went a bit further than I was expecting. That's really exciting, Leo. And, um, you know, thank you for carrying the torch um, for this club over in Japan, uh, you and your three friends. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, just about Matoma, because um, Matoma spent last season on loan at Union Saint-Gilloise um, and he's recently come come back to Brighton. And in the little that we've seen of him, um, he's a very exciting player. Um, I believe he's quite successful for the Japanese national team. Um, have you seen much of Matoma play for the national team at all or when he played in the J-League? So, yeah, um, kind of national team was where I first noticed how good a player he was. He did play in Kawasaki, which is a J-League team, a champions team. And I've heard that he was really good. I haven't really watched um, that team, especially because my local team is in the second division. So we never really meet paths. But yeah, so I think national team was where all the Japanese football fans kind of realize how big a player he's going to be. And I think how much that he's going to kind of fit into European football. Because um, up until recently, the Japanese national team was kind of formed of mostly J-League players. Japan was never a kind of really strong team. Now, they seem to be winning lots of international games. And within the, the clubs have improved, the national team has improved. And um, university and high school football is quite big. So there's lots of exciting academy players as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really exciting. And it's really nice to hear that, um, you know, soccer is becoming more and more sort of part of the the sporting culture over in Japan. Um, I remember, you know, we've we've seen Japanese players play in the Premier League before. Uh, Shinji Kagawa played for um, Manchester United, I believe. And I always rated him very highly. I know he had a successful Bundesliga career as well. But we don't often get many Japanese players um, playing the Premier League, do we, Curtis? I think... You know, there seem to be quite a lot of uh, Japanese players in in parts of Europe, like in uh, in Japan. Uh, sorry, not in Japan, in Germany. Uh, sorry, um, but it's really exciting to to you know to see what Matoma can do in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been following his his stint at, uh, at Union, and um, I was very excited to see him come in because 
Uh, he seems to have a lot of passion. He seems to really, really care and wants to play for the shirt and what have you. And um, just very excited to see what he can do at Brighton. It's uh, really exciting times. Very much so. So, Leo, just um, coming back to this idea about uh, football in Japan in terms of the J-League, uh, we've seen in recent years some relatively big names um, like to jo join J-League clubs. Um, I think uh, Iniesta joined um, uh, a club in Japan. So do you think that the profile is gradually getting uh, better and the quality is improving over there? Yeah, I think it's definitely improving over the years. Um, having Iniesta's club is now um, battling in relegation zone. I think that kind of shows how competitive a league it is. Um, similar to Premier League, I don't think there's quite a big difference between each club's ability. Um, unlike Premier League, there's not a much of a um, difference in the budget for each team so it's quite an equal league um very exciting to see which clubs are battling for the champion um which clubs are battling for relegation um so yeah it's definitely improving and we're kind of excited to see more japanese players ending up in europe soon very exciting stuff i always think that uh you know whenever leagues around the world improve um, you know, it's good for the sport in general, to be honest. Um, I said the same thing about the MLS when we chatted to the the, fa um, the Brighton fans over there. Um, you know, fantastic to see the quality of leagues across the world improving as football becomes even more of a global uh, sport that can bring fans, you know, unite fans all together. Um, and talking of uniting fans in sport, uh, Leo, I don't know if you know, but... Um, when you go on the Amex Stadium Tour, which, by the way, is always worth a go, there is a special little corner that they show you. And it is where Japan famously scored that last minute try against South Africa in the Rugby World Cup all those years ago. And when we went on the when I went on the tour, um, they said that a lot of Japanese uh, sporting fans come to do the stadium tour just to uh, you know see that spot. Um, I know that rugby is relatively you know popular in japan um is there a link do fans make that link between the amex stadium scoring that try and brighton football club or is it something that fans don't really think about um to be honest i didn't notice that um, the amex stadium was where that happened i knew about the actual game um it only just kind of clicked today that it was such a significant thing for the stadium um so it's just a guess that i don't think a lot of fans realize the connection between the football club and the stadium but yeah it was a good thing to know and i think i'll be able to tweet that on my account to see if i can get any rugby fans to notice about the club as well Fantastic. Um, so, Leo, a question like uh, in regards to football in Japan, uh, how would you say uh, what's the quality like in comparison to, say, other leagues in Europe and what have you? So, um, Of course, it's not as big a league as the top European leagues. Um, I think there's a reason why. Japanese players can't get a work, uh, work permit straight away. But um, 
as I said, it's probably gradually getting better. And um, I'm not sure what comparison I can make and what I can't. Um, the players, of course, Japanese people aren't kind of built as strong as European players, so more um, technical players than physical players. So it's a completely different game, really, when you look at the different leagues. So I think it's kind of difficult to make a comparison what leagues better. But um, I can say it's definitely not as competitive as Premier League, say. But I think it's getting there, maybe similar to Turkish leagues or South American leagues. Um, because the Japan as a country is um, quite a... How do I word it? Um, can't find the right word, but um, sport is quite big in general. And I think more younger fans are growing onto the sport. So I think it will become more and more competitive and start to kind of fight for one of the better leagues in the world. So obviously, you, as you said, you've, you've been to the Amex and you, you know, you've seen one of our games. How do the sort of game day experiences compare to, say, uh, a J-League game? So one thing I noticed, um, a big difference between the fans in Japan and England, is that Japanese fans are more, like, very, very organised. So um, we seem to have, like, a chant for every single occasion. Like, when we... Um, winning with 1-0 or whether we're losing or and I've noticed in England that um, some random fans can just start a song and get the whole stadium going but that never happens in Japan it's always the ultras starting the chants um, so I don't know the fans are much more organised in Japan but I think because it's such a organized fan base um it's not as kind of i wouldn't say toxic but not as kind of competitive with other fans as say in england the rivalry is not quite as big in here compared to england yeah it's unfortunately um it is a uh, something that english football fans we do have to live with we're not particularly well uh viewed around the world um historically uh we some fans of course majority of football fans um like in most places uh, are good people that just want to go and watch their football team play however there's always uh, a small minority who almost unfortunately just go to because they want to cause trouble um but now I'm, I'm glad to hear that that um sort of toxic um sort of behavior isn't present um, over in Japan, um, and I hope it doesn't become so. Um, the, uh, the more popular uh, football gets over there, um, yeah, because it's a, it's it's not pleasant. You should never have to go to a football game worrying about um, what other fans of opposition teams might do or what they might say. Um, so no, that's that. Well, it's it's also thing. people in your own fan base too can be just as toxic. It's it's. Uh... It's a very sad state of affairs. I mean, we're all there for the same reason. We all love the same thing. So why are we, why are we fighting over this thing? Um, we should just, you know, we, we can 
laugh together, cry together if necessary. We should just all be a, a collective unit and respect what we're doing and what we're seeing. So. Very well said, Curtis. Very well said. So, Leo, thank you very much for that sort of insight into, you know, football in Japan. It's really interesting. I always find it so fascinating to see, you know, football from different perspectives. And so I really value your opinion on that. I'd also like to get your opinion. Very quickly. I'm sorry. It's still very uh, mind boggling to me that uh, we have these little pockets of fans in places like Japan, uh, considering like, you know, we're not. A, a massive, massive club like your Manchester Uniteds and Cities and uh, and what have you. So it, it's just wonderful to hear that we have, you know, these dedicated pockets of fans just scattered around the world. It's really wonderful. It really is. And, um, you know, if you had told me that while I was sat at the with Dean at that game with my dad and my granddad, that we'd one day be chatting to people from America, from Japan, that we'd have be engaging with fans in Brazil, I would have laughed at you because I would have never have thought that this tiny little club uh, that I support could ever become this global. It's uh, heartwarming. It really is. Really it nice. really is. Um, and it just shows what a long way we've come as a club. Um, so, Leo, just before we sign off, I'd love to get your thoughts because you said about Neil Mope being one of your favourite players. And uh, rumours have recently surfaced about an Italian side, uh, pardon the butchering of this pronunciation, Salinentana, uh, and they have supposedly uh, put in a £15 million bid. And other reports suggest that uh, the, the, the club are hopeful to get that deal done. Uh, Leo, he's your fa- you said he's one of your favourite players. Would you, would, would you be sad to see him go? Yeah, um, I'd definitely be very sad to see him go. Um, unfortunately, I haven't really got much clue about um, club business, so I don't know if it's a good move for the club or not. But, um, yeah, I personally wouldn't want to see him go, and I think he's a good um, spark of enthusiasm for the club as well. He's, I think he's got quite a strong personality. Um, sometimes it's for the worse, sometimes it's for the better. But um, I think it would definitely be a blow to see him go. And also, I see Yundav as kind of a similar player in, um, in perspective of personality, but I'm not quite convinced he's quite ready to replace how Mope affects the club. So I'd personally love to see him play one more season at least. Um, but yeah, I don't know how that would affect the club as a whole. So yeah, I mean, this is what we were saying, Leo, before before you arrived. We were saying uh, we, you know, we have Dennis now, uh, but he's untested, obviously, in in the Premier League. So it's a bit risky, obviously. Uh, and you know we do have other like options. Like I, I know uh, from what I've seen, Matoma is able to obviously score goals and what have you if he, if he needs to be. Um, but I I agree with you. I think keep him at least for another season and then make a decision because I think to get rid of him now might might just be a bit uh, a bit too risky. Ultimately. Yeah, going into a season with uh, potential strike forces of recognised strikers of Welbeck, who's had injury problems, Undav, who scores goals but is untested at this sort of level, and then Evan Ferguson, who's a twenty under twenty threes player, uh, that's a very risky strategy. 
Um, now, I know that uh, Neil Mope has uh, about a year left on his current current contract, so the club might see this uh, supposed 15 million as a um, you know a good a good bit of business. But I am under the impression, or I do believe, shall I say, that they have allowed this news to get out there in an attempt to perhaps drive the price up. I could be completely wrong, um, but I do echo what both of you had said. I would much rather he stay for another year if we can can get him to. Um, another piece of news that has been released this morning, guys, is that um, I don't know if you followed the whole Kukurea uh, transfer saga, Leo. Um, it's been a, a very tiring few days of you know hearing uh, he's uh, agreed personal terms. He's agreed personal terms. Um, but apparently it's been reported this morning that uh, Manchester City have signed Borna Sosa, a left back from Stuttgart. Um, Curtis, do you think that this might signal the end of their pursuit of Kukurea? I, I, I hope so. <laughs> um, I, I'm just tired of hearing about it for, for one thing. Um, and I just don't want Kukurea to leave. I think he's he's a fantastic, fantastic player. Um, it would it would be sad to see him leave after just one season with us. Um, but it sounds like Tony Bloom is standing his ground and you know not being strong armed, which is uh, a fantastic thing. And I I knew he would uh, you know he would not be moved, so to speak. So let's hope that uh, all this is true and we can hold on to him for at least another season. Most definitely, Manchester City. Uh reportedly falling well short of Tony Bloom's asking price, which is circa £50 million. Uh, now, Leo, I don't know um, what Jap- J-League um, transfer business is like, but that sort of figure, £50 million, is that, would that be seen in the J-League as like just some astronomical fee for a player? Yeah, um, that, it's just unbelievable how um, large a price the and that's kind of now Premier League standard having like how many million, tens of millions pounds. It's pretty unbelievable. Like with the amount, um, like fifty million pounds, you could buy major shares in, like my yeah. local club. Like it's, yeah. I think if I was a J League fan who had never had any contact with a Premier League team. I'd be just, um, I wouldn't believe how big a price um, it moves on. So, yeah, comparing to J-League, that's kind of nearly impossible. Yeah, I mean, seeing people like Haaland come in for like 100 million itself is this astronomical amount of money. But I was saying this to my brother the other day. We were saying, do you reckon in our lifetime we'll ever see a billion pound player? Do you, do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's 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 crazy. It's unsustainable, though. It's unsustainable. Um, I don't see. And it's just how... not. It's not fair, is it? You know, imagine imagine if like you have City or what have you that are that are spending two, three, four, five hundred million or what have you, just bringing all these players. It's not. It's not really fair, is it? <laughs> That's because... right. Again, like Brighton, financial fair play for this yeah, very reason. We we can't spend that amount of money, so it's it's weird. It's very true. I think as football becomes more of a global sport, I know it, the Premier League very much is, 
um, a global sort of you know um, commodity. Um, I think that as long as those TV rights and those TV deals keep getting made, that's when um, you know the money just keeps rolling in. I would like to eventually see it become more of a streaming service, similar to Netflix. Um, I think that's a, a model that could work very well, uh, both for the Premier League in terms of a, fi a financial uh, uh, movement, but also it just it would make it so much easier for fans around the world to to watch their favourite football teams. Uh, you know. That's what I hope eventually happens anyway. So, guys, thank you very much uh, for joining me today. Thank you so much, Leo, again for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you, my friend, and to see a little bit of insight about football in Japan and uh, Brighton in Japan as well. Words that, I, again, you know, teenage me never thought he'd say. Um, so thank you very much, Leo. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, Curtis, a pleasure as always, my friend. And uh, Albion Obsessed listeners and viewers, we uh, hope to come to you soon with some more content. If you haven't already, don't forget to like, share and subscribe for more. We'll see you next time. Take care.